0: It was two of the greatest lessons that I've ever had in my life. And it, it, it shaped me to be a better person and a better man and a better athlete and a better leader because I had to see both sides of it. To step on one field and to be absolutely adored, needed,
1: admired,
0: sweat, you know, and just with everything revolved around you. And then to step on the other court and you're like, yeah, if we need you,
2: you know, <laughs> if if we need you, we'll call on you. Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders, so let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Today, we're joined by former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Jesse Holly. Jesse attended the University of North Carolina, where he not only was a four-year letter winner, captain of the football team, all ACC wide receiver, but also won a national championship with the basketball team in 2005. In 2009, Jesse had an opportunity to compete on Michael Irving's reality television series, Fourth and Long, giving the winner a spot at the Dallas Cowboys training camp. He made the roster and played with the Cowboys for three seasons. In 2012, Jesse became a CBS radio host in Dallas, Texas, where he still covers various sports topics from baseball to football to basketball, and even some current events. He also served seven seasons as pre- and post-game show host for the Dallas Cowboys for 105.3 The Fan. Jesse currently hosts a daily podcast live show called Hanging with the Boys. Before we hear from Jesse, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Timote Podcast. What's going on, man?
0: What's up, my brother? How are you, bro?
2: Oh, I'm great. This is uh, This is exciting. I've been looking forward to this one.
0: Good, good,
2: good, good. So have I. So have I. Man, I appreciate you making the time because uh we're gonna get into some of your daily habits. I can't wait for that. We, not yet, but the reason I want to ask you about that is because you do more, I feel like, in your day <laughs> than the majority of people do.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do.
2: You know, uh over the years, it's it's interesting how many times like I think, in in different ways, we've been able to connect. So first, obviously, watching you play football for the Cowboys, that was cool. Uh, and then getting to play against you in some adult leagues because uh, I I don't know, maybe maybe a lot of people don't know, but you actually played basketball yeah. in college as well at UNC, which. To be a multi-sport athlete at that level is just insane, and so really enjoy getting to play against you, and then listening to you on the fan and different different shows and everything, and then getting to run into you at Kingdom Collegiate play against your teams. Like it's just kind of rare to have that much interaction with one person, but in so <laughs> many different ways.
0: No, I mean that just that just says. A lot about you as well. Like you're you're a multifaceted dude yourself, you know what I'm saying? Always moving and shaking. But yeah, man, it's it's uh it's cool. I, I um you know, to be able to do what I did professionally on one end of the spectrum is a blessing. Excuse me. And now to be able to do my second portion of my of my life dreams, uh is hands down the coolest thing ever. You know, and that's why I'm I'm I always have the energy to keep going, keep going, because I, I I truly realize the blessing that I have, being able to do all things that I'm able to do.
2: That's pretty interesting that what you just said about almost like your second life, because so many times as athletes, I mean, especially when we're younger, we train, and then if you're lucky, you get to play past high school, and then if you're even luckier than that, you get to play professionally, which. Uh, our professional careers don't even compare. Uh, you know, I played in Iceland for for one <laughs> year. It's the only place in the world that wanted me to play basketball. You actually you made it to the NFL, and then yeah. But you're right. Like you, that career at some point was going to end. But you're still young, and like now what? And I feel like there there are a lot of those players that maybe struggle to make that transition. But you were able to do it really well and maximize your talents.
0: Yeah, for me the the greatest thing and I don't I don't even give myself the the, the initial credit. Um my grandmother uh, she had the the wherewithal and and the and the fortitude and and the being able to have the vision of beforehand to prepare me as a as a kid. What people don't know about me, especially now, and it's funny I ran into uh I was home, I was accepting an award at home about a month or two ago and one of my old high school, my middle school friends now has kids that was now playing at the school that I was speaking at and stepping the award at. So we kind of ran into each other. And she was like, I remember when you stuttered. And I was like, oh, so you really know Jesse
1: Holly then? <laughs> That's different. Yeah.
0: You, you, you really know Jesse Holly? Because as a, as a kid, I stuttered. As an elementary and a middle school kid, I stuttered. And it was the, it was the love and the energy and the, 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 the passion that my grandmother had to put into, uh, I was adopted by my grandmother, me mm. and my two brothers. And so in the adoption, you're technically, um, a state, like you're a state child when you get put up for adoption. Um, but through that, there was a program that allowed a speech pathologist to come to our home, but they only paid for two lessons. And so my grandmother was there as I'm working with this lady and she's taking down all these notes. And for the new age kids won't understand that when she was done, she went to the library and went to like the card catalog. She had a a library card, went to the card catalog and was picking notes out of the books that was in the library about speech pathology and and how you can help with speech impediments and so on and so forth. And we begin to work those methods outside of what the, 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 the state would pay for us, because we, we couldn't afford the lady after that. So she just took as many notes as she could, as many questions as she could, and then went to the library and was just studying up on stuff. There was no Google, there was no, yeah. there was no <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> like you had to legit go to the local library, get your library card out, go to yep. the card catalog, and she went through like books and encyclopedias and we would work on methods. And as a kid, she, she was like, listen, Every day, you and your brothers, we had to read at breakfast, right? And she would like, I don't read the back of the cereal box, read the funnies in the newspaper, read the sports section. You know, we got Jet Magazine back in the day. Read the Jet Magazine. I don't care what it is. You will read out loud at the breakfast table. And she would walk in and out the kitchen and would be like, I can't hear you. And she she would make you project. And Mm. she would make you feel confident reading in front of her. And, of course, if you have brothers, you know nothing is ever serious in front of them so like you mess a word they're they got jokes you know you you can't you can't sound the word out they got jokes you're stuttering they got jokes so it 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 made you become more comfortable like if i can read in front of my two brothers i ain't read in front of anybody Anybody, because these two jokers are are two most ruthless brothers you know you could ever you know you you have brothers and you're young i had one older one younger so they were ruthless and she saw the she had the foresight to be like, No, you're gonna be something. We would drive in the car and she would go, Sell me that sign. And it would be a billboard and it would be like a McDonald's billboard. She like, tell me why you want McDonald's. And I would have to on the spot sell her why i want mcdonald's sell her why i want this and this and this and this and it just prepared me for today to be able to work in radio to work in podcasting to do pre and post game shows to be able to have a thought and have the thought change and be able to still navigate through the next topic without with seamlessly without stuttering without thinking about it and so i give a ton of credit to her early early on and and just building that work ethic and building that ability that no matter what happens to you we can work through that and i've carried that for 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 40 years
2: <laughs> man thank you so much for sharing that because i i do know you but i, I had no clue about that part of your background and uh and and that is one of the reasons i, I love getting to do this myself it, a lot some people may wonder why is why is a fo- former football player you know, on the the podcast because it typically is basketball coaches and and leaders in that area but again i think going back through like you were a Hooper and you continue to play after basketball kind of was the introduction for us, but there has been so much more crossover. Um, but man, just honored and humbled that you give up your time. Uh, excited to get going here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Already alluded to the fact that you do so much in your daily life and you even mentioned it with podcasting, with the school that you help run. Uh, You mentioned you have a baseball game that you've got to get to tonight. And so many things, but you and I have the same amount of seconds. What daily habits set you up for success?
0: Um, You know, this goes back to as long as I remember. And it sounds cliche and it sounds just, you know, old school. But, you know, proper time management, man, like proper time management. Like people don't we we live in such a, a, a technology driven world. And that's great. It's fantastic, it's yeah. forward thinking it's forward moving, but sometimes getting that stuff jotted down seeing like literally seeing it I, I have to see like what does the schedule look like right and 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 how can I maximize my time and my day within the schedule, both personally and professionally uh and so for me i'm I'm really big on schedules, man, like my day runs on a, on a schedule, but it's a visible schedule. Like in my office, there's a visible schedule in my phone there's a visible schedule that I can look at and, and see, and everything's kind of timed out. And it just takes the discipline. Discipline is, is if you're looking at it for any, I don't care what you do. You can collect cans all day if you want to. I don't care. If you don't have discipline in it, you won't be good at it. You just won't. You will not, if you don't have the discipline every single day to, to go and check the, the 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 garbage cans where you know that there's a heavy population where there's cans being, then you won't make money. You just yeah. won't get the cans. Someone else will. And if you can't, you can't say that you're serious about something and not have a level of discipline that matches, you're a liar. You're a liar. You, it's impossible. So if you're serious about something, anything, and there isn't a, a disciplined connector to that then you're absolutely a liar and it's never going to have
2: success you're right on the money I wonder how many coaches or professionals like you said doesn't really matter what field but at the end of the day just felt rushed the entire day when they look back they just realize or they feel like they didn't get a lot done I, I've I've talked to our players about this quite a bit because right now, you know, we're near the end of the school year. They're starting to feel stressed out with finals and everything, but then they also have select basketball going on and, and I've, I've seen it and they verbalize that, man, they're just, they're a little bit worn out. And I've challenged them to really look at, just look back one day and just write down how you spent your time. Because I would imagine if we're feeling stressed out, if we're feeling rushed, like we didn't get anything done, there is probably a lot of time wasters in there that we don't even realize at the time, the 15 to 20 minutes that we could steal back at different moments. Um, But to your point, like, if you don't write those things down and have a plan for your day, it's going to get away from you, right?
0: And I think that's where the stress comes from. Most people, and there's, don't get me wrong, right? Um, There are multiple things that cause stress. But I think one of the leading things that cause stress is the chaotic part of your life is when you feel your life has gotten out of control, right? When you, when things just aren't—you're late there, you're rushing here, not enough time here, not enough time there—and it's and it it begins to it begins to mount up, and things that should have been done earlier are now being done late. Things that are being that should have been done a month ago are now being on press for a deadline, and so all of those things begin to cause these different stresses. And when you're worried, and now you're not sleeping at night, right? right. So you, so now you're not sleeping at night. You're sleep deprived, and you're trying to force all this work into a day. You feel. Ru- that's where the stress comes from and it all leads back no, i should i want i want to be very clear with that that's a portion of where stress comes from uh, but a lot of it leads back to man what did you do to give yourself the ability to maximize whatever it is that you wanted to do because again mm-hmm. we get a chance you i others to coach right to to lead coaches as an athletic director do all that. i get a chance to do that right no one forced that on me no one forced it on me,
2: but we act like that sometimes. <laughs> like we, we, we they're paying us to be here, but at any point we could leave, it's so like applied. don't you act, applied. yeah, don't act like this is this is the worst thing in the world that you could be doing. And that's the same the same thing with sports and these players. like guys, it's your choice to be here. Like I'm not forcing you to be here, so don't act like that either.
0: No, you're absolutely right. and 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 I tell my coaches, I always tell my coaches when it comes to players, um, one, I always tell my coaches as an athletic director: as long as it's morally right, if it's morally right, I support you. If it's morally right, because you spend the most time with these student athletes, so if I deem it morally right, and I think I have a good conscience of what morally moral is, um, but sometimes you gotta kick your best player out the gym. If if your best player has the poorest attitude, that trickles down, and I yeah. know from I know from experience. Yeah, I know that from being from being an athlete, and we'll get more into the athletic side of things. But I, I you know, briefly, one of the, two of the greatest things that ever happened to me was being a star on the football field and being a backup on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. It was two of the greatest lessons that I've ever had in my life, and it it shaped me to be a better person and a better man and a better athlete and a better leader because I had to see both sides of it. To step on one field and to be absolutely adored, needed, admired, sweat, you know, and just with everything revolved around you. And then to step on the other court and you're like, yeah, if we need you, you know, (laughs) if, if we need you, we'll call on you. Where you was like, no, we need you. You know, it's like, no, you're, you're the top pedigree dude over here. You're the top dog over here. And it's like, yeah, over here, you might be six or seven. Yeah. And so, so having those two dynamics to me were were just it was a great equalizer for me and allowed me to see things at a different perspective and understand from coaching, from leadership, from playing how to how to manage all of that.
2: That's so unique. Like you nailed it because most of us are only good at one thing. We can all, we're only good enough to be in one sport at a time. And you know, if if you you're at the D one level in that sport and you're on scholarship, like you. You typically have achieved something and you're fighting for those spots, but then but rarely, like you said, are people on both sides of it within the same year at the same school i I can't imagine like the humility that it took for you to be the best on the football field but not act like it, and then the humility that it took to be on the basketball team where there's probably some better players that do it year round, but like, you know, athletically and as a competitor, what you could bring and you're a good player, too. But to, to kind of take that role on and maximize, like, I don't know if I've ever met somebody that can say they know what that feels like.
0: Yeah. And, and you talk about um, the maturity that comes yeah. along with that, because as a freshman, you know, you walk into a Division One university and I was an All-American in two sports at high school. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 was, I was being recruited at over 80 scholarship offers between the two sports. Hmm. Um, I had pick of the litter. And the great thing about it was I came into campus as you deal with some of the kids you have today. Arrogant, hothead, all that, all that kind of stuff. And then when you step onto a place and you go, wait a second, everybody's as good as you. Right. I, I remember I remember one of the, the first humbling things that happened to me on the football side We're getting to the weight room and I didn't do weights then. I was like, I'm just I'm I'm superiorly gifted. Who needs weights? I don't I don't need weights. <laughs> and so I get in there as a freshman and I'm getting I get under like 145 on the bench and I mean I'm shaking like a stripper in there. I mean I mean I'm in there and, I, and that, that weight just stopped moving. And one of the guys is a senior, his name was Dexter Reed. <laughs> Dex had a projecting voice, like he would just, you could yell and you could hear it down the block. And and Dex just shouted out like he, he walked over to me and he looked at me and he said, and looked at the stream coach and he said, This is the MF for y'all bought in here to change the program. We're screwed.
1: Oh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought I was the man. And
0: yeah. here it is. This senior on the team is like. This is the guy that y'all was telling us about is going to help change our program. This, like this scrawny bleepity bleep, bleep bleep bleep, and I was like, and so then that changed my perspective. And then, you know you go on, you have a good freshman year, and then you go, I go literally a mile down the other way to the Dean Dome, and there's five McDonald's old americans in the gym. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. There's there's some dudes who who could go get it. Now the competitor in me is like, oh, I can go get it too. But you're now playing and, and, and you're looking around and you're saying, oh, this is different, right? This is, this is different. And then Coach Williams, uh, uh, he's our new coach there. He didn't even recruit me. I was being recruited by Matt Darty.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Right? And so Coach came in and he honored the thing that we had going on because at the time, this just kind of goes old, old school back. You know, nowadays you, got, you have more scholarships. Back then you only had eight.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, this
0: is this is this is early two thousands. So you only had eight, right? So you got eight scholarship guys and other guys like walk ons and paying for school. Mm-hmm. So that's why one of the reasons why I took the football scholarship because there were more opportunities on the football side to have scholarships than it was on the basketball side. And so you know you're talking about guys like Raymond Felton and Sean May and, and 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 Jawad Williams and Marvin Williams and I mean yep. again you are talking about lottery picks, yeah. you know, and and playing against them and it was. No, sit down and, and watch. And you're not the best out here anymore. And, you know, going from, again, from being a star and people counting on you and depending on you and offenses being schemed around you. And, and, and you know, you drive down the highway and I'm on a billboard, you know, football. And there's my jersey in the school stores and I'm on the programs and I'm on the, I'm on the calendar. And then you go over here and it's like, get back. This, get back. These guys are the stars. And so it just it took a level. It took maturing. It took a lot of maturing for me to be able to humble myself, one, to realize that there are others that are good as me and it's going to take a lot of work to continue to get that. But the biggest thing that I did and I've carried that through my, my career. In athletics, people respect work. If you bust your tail and you are accountable and you are trustworthy and you do what you're supposed to do. And, 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 and in those lines, don't care where you come from. Don't care the color of your skin. Don't care about any of that. You gain respect. And that's what it was all about. It was about shut up. Let's get to work. And if you are helping us win, and it doesn't necessarily have to always be on the court for young athletes, what are you doing in practice? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of my respect on the basketball end came in practice. I got the respect of Joe Holiday, uh, assistant head coach. Uh, assistant, yeah, head coach. I got to Roy Williams, of, of Rashad McCants, of of of, of Sean May, of Raymond Felton because of the way I practice. Because I didn't get many minutes early on in front of those guys. So it wasn't, I didn't have the ability to go out and be like, yo, I respect him. He just put up 30. No, it was every day that I showed up at practice on the basketball court, Raymond knew he had to deal with somebody who was going to challenge him. Rashad yeah. knew that he was going to, have to deal with somebody that challenged him. All those guys for the entirety of the practice. And then it was, Oh nah, he yeah, yeah, he got it. But that taught me how to practice on the other end and how to get guys who weren't the stars to say, you know, because Raymond would go, hey, I I need I'm playing, I'm I'm playing JJ Redick this week. I'm playing Juan Dixon, I'm playing uh Rayjean Rondo, I'm playing Chris Paul, I'm playing you know Julius Hodge.
2: That's a great time in college basketball, right there, right? man. Right? Like, yeah. you know,
0: and he's like, these are the guys that I'm going against. Yeah. I need I need that look. So, well, however, you, it, it took me, let me study Julius Hodge for Jackie Manuel, because he has to guard Julius Hodge for four quarters. Let me study, let me, let me study uh, uh, Jared Jack and, and Georgia Tech, because he's got to play him, you know, Will Bynum. Let, let me study these other guards that were going up against Daniel Ewing, you know, yeah. uh, that we have to face every wing. I studied them to give Raymond and Rashad and Jackie and other guys, other guards, the very best look that they got so that when we got to the floor, it was, oh yeah, this was as good. And like I said, you know, I'm am I good as Chris Paul? No. No. But I can study Chris Paul and try to emulate as much as I can so that Raymond saw good looking and I just wasn't like sloshing around like, oh, it's whatever, take advantage of me. I'm, I'm just I'm just here for the uniform. No. And to this day, there's not one player coach, you know, last year, we didn't get we didn't get to the tournament this year, but last year yeah. sitting with Coach Williams during that run at every city. And he, he'll always say it. He goes, man, you're the reason why we won a national championship. You're one of the reasons why we won a national championship. You got guys ready. And then when you got moments in the game to go out there and play, you were ready. And so that, that's the thing that people miss in, yeah. the, in, the, in, the, in the mature building of an athlete. And then that helped me on the, on the when I was a star. My level of practice was always here because I knew – Then, again, I knew what Raymond needed. I knew what Rashad needed. So I demanded the same thing from the guys who I was, who is now on the scout team guarding me on the football field. No, 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 young fella. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Not acceptable because I'm going up against a guy on Saturday. I need a better effort than that. No, you may not be as good as him, but I need you to be at your very best every single week. And so I would push and I would challenge everybody to, to raise their game and when you're the best player at a sport and you raise your game, those would either follow or stick out like a sore thumb. And I wanted right. to make sure that was always a, 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 a thing that I pressed upon my teammates.
2: Coaches, the Jamodi podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your player's skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit com slash teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. So much gold there to unpack. I got to imagine that those lessons that you've learned, that you learned more on the basketball side because your role was so different. It was more behind the scenes. And, and really, i just finished reading this book called Glory Hunger where it's just talk about how you I mean you see it daily people are just just starving and they're hungry for their own glory but really we need to be hungry for the right glory and it's usually you know you can go the the faith route with that or you could also go with we need to be hungry for others to receive glory and like a big part that's what being a part of a team is and the star role that you had at UNC is was probably on the football field was enhanced, like you said, and magnified because of those lessons you learned. And then uh, your your NFL journey is really unique. And so I got to imagine that not not only football prepared you, obviously, but those lessons that you learned there, because that's the role for a lot of your, or at least at the beginning of your career that that you had, kind of again the NFL, right?
0: No, absolutely. I, you know, and and it gets even it gets magnified even times ten because it's one thing to do it in college. Now when you're doing it with grown men who uh make a lot of money. <laughs> right? And 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 everything like in the in the in professional sports, you're either making money or losing money. Like that's the way you look at it. I'm making money or I'm losing money. Either I'm putting in the work, whether it's off season in my training, in my nutrition, in everything that I do to make money. Or I'm doing everything opposite of that to lose money. Hmm. And so now you enter this place and the, the best way that I can put it is there's a locker room full of guys who have mortgages, car payments, uh, lifestyles at all cost, And their and their their focus is, yes, we want to win as a team, but we have to put the work in because like, money is the motivating factor. Hmm. and. What are you doing? If you're not Tony Romo, if you're not Jason Witten, if you're not DeMarcus Ware, if you're not, you know, one of those guys, right? What are you doing to help us win? Because winning does so much for everybody on the field, off the field. When you win, Coach Williams used to have a, he used to have a saying, he said, uh, when you stop, when you he said uh, he said when you stop caring about the rewards, that you stop caring about the awards and worry about the rewards, everybody wins, right? And so, how do I come in and impress Tony Romo? How do I come in and impress Jason Witten? How do I come in and impress? Not impress. I shouldn't use impress to gain the respect.
2: Well, yeah, but there's of a guys. there's a way of looking at it as it is is impress. Like you right? want them to. Almost give you a, a nod to your effort and yeah. what you're bringing, yeah.
0: I, 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 want, I want respect, right? I, yeah. You want the respect. You, you want yeah. the respect of, of those guys, that your peers. right? Yep. That, there's, no, there's no greater respect than the, the respect of your peers. And you come in, and again, I go back to what I said earlier. I just grinded. I, I just, that, like, that was, the, that was the goal when, you know, kind of brief story, when I got, when I got to the Cowboys, right, I came up a reality TV show. I'm the only player in NFL history to go from reality TV to NFL roster. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and imagine walking into a locker room and half the guys watch the show, half the guys don't know who the hell you are, but the kind of it's trying to trickle around. The mm-hmm. They don't respect reality TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's no respect for it. One of, one of yeah, my- your
2: starting level, it probably in their eyes was possibly, and I mean this with all respect. Possibly below what just a normal rookie would be, because of the path the way that you came in.
0: It, it it literally was what gimmick has Jerry Jones now done? <laughs> what what new gimmick has Jerry Jones now done? And I knew that, right? I knew that one of my good friends now is Patrick Creighton, and I remember listening to uh, a radio, another, a news interview of them at OTAs and the question was brought up about the show, like, Hey, the, you know, they're announcing the winner soon. And, and Patrick's, if you know, Patrick, like, you know him personally, you know, who this is, this is not a, not a stab, but this is how he is. He's like, is he out here now? I don't care who he is. And I'm like, damn, (laughs) I haven't even gotten there yet. He's already, he's like, he's like, if he's not out here with us right now, he matters none to me. I was like, this is this is not only my teammate, this is my fellow wide receiver is talking here, you know.
2: We're going to be best friends, I can right, tell. Right,
0: right, 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 right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, to get there and the only way, the only way you get a locker room like that, because those guys don't, when you get to the league, they don't care that you are all American this, they don't care that you are all conference that, they don't care about what your record was and this and your record was and that. What are you doing here? What are you doing right now that's going to help mm-hmm. us? And, you know, when I first came in there, I just say I'm just going to go really, really hard. And, like, my mentality was go as hard as you possibly can for every single rep. If it leads to a fight, so be it. And literally, by the time I got through training camp, the level of respect that I had gained from those guys, the important guys, right, the guys, the, the, the leaders of sure. the locker room was through the roof. And you know, I used to have a saying, and I used to always tell guys like, when I when I, if I'm on the scout team, or whatever, I would say, "Hey, t- hey guys, tell me what play you want me to take off." But when you tell me the play, just know that I'm gonna need five thousand dollars for every play you want me to take off. And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Because that's the money that I'm gonna need when they cut me."
2: Like, that's a great point. Yeah.
0: So, and and then like for me. Because what's the worst that can happen on the football field? Like in the sense of someone getting upset that you're going hard. Only a fight, right? That's okay. It's going to last 30 seconds. I'm going to win some. I may lose a fight. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to get off the path that, that I know is going to keep me here. Because you fighting me tells me that I'm doing something right. Because I'm, I'm not a dirty player. I'm, not, I'm just going really hard. Every single rep, because I need to make a point. Yeah, I need the coaches to see me to stick around because I just came off a reality TV show. And then besides that, I was working security. I'm not trying to go back to work security again. Right. So it's like, you know, fight a safety, fight a DB, fight a linebacker. I'll go back and work security. I like my chances over here with this fight. Yeah, your level of
2: urgency was a little bit higher. Hey, I got to ask you, I want to go a little bit deeper with that, that idea of maximum effort. And and because I want to get your thoughts on it. I was I was surprised at just the college level of basketball, how inconsistent my teammates' effort was at times. The 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 lack of attention to detail or care even about the weight room, which I know basketball, football, there sometimes there's a little bit of a of a difference in an overall attitude to the weight room, but it is important. But I, I mean we had t- I had teammates just not care about that, right. not not give their very best in practice. But sometimes they were so talented that just out in a the game, they could still do it at that. But see, I've never, I never cracked that next level where you were in the NFL. Were you rare in how the urgency you showed every play, every second? Or was that the norm? And there was just a few, maybe a few of those ultra talented dudes that didn't have to. What did you see?
0: I took my I took my um
1: my pulse from the dudes who were gonna have yellow jackets potentially one day right when you go to practice and I watch a Demarcus wear you know a dude who's has seventy million dollars in the bank and I see him strap it
0: up and go get it hmm. my first the very first team that I was on my rookie year was the Cincinnati Bengals. And you can go all about how you know this player is kind of a whatever he was. He was ahead of his time when it came to the showboating part of it. Nobody worked harder than Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson wanted every single rep. Hmm. He wanted every single rep. When I tell you every single rep, you could not get him off the football field. Now, if he got down the goal line, he didn't want no parts of blocking all the time. But <laughs> any other time. He wanted every rep. This was a guy at the time was making $8 million a year. I'm like, if that's the dude who's making $8 million a year and he wants every rep, how dare I? How dare I not want every single rep or not go as hard? And he wanted every single rep to go hard, every single rep. Terrell Owens,
1: he never did a jock through. When we had walkthroughs, never did. I've never, like, never did a jock through. Always full speed.
0: Jason Whitten. I mean, there are a ton of guys who yeah. you look at the superior guys. And, yeah, you're going to have some guys that are just talented, right? Or just like, you know what? But you see that talent fade off so much quicker and it, it, they, they, they bounce around on different teams because they don't put the work ethic in. I've always wanted to be like the best. And so I've always fixated my eyes on, right, you know, when I was in college, it was Calvin Johnson at Georgia yeah. Tech. What is he doing? How how is he doing? Let me watch some of his film. Let me get some of the notes on what Calvin Johnson is doing, and and how he's tearing the league up, right? The ACC up. And I just—that's just just me. I just always wanted to be around greatness, because the the other stuff bothered me. It it, just—it did. It—it bothered me that people would get to a position of, of this level, and just didn't care. But That's and, the
2: difference, right? Like, that's the difference. Like, sometimes people are so amazed at how some people didn't make it or some people didn't get this or that, or, or why that person has that jacket on. And, you know, like, it, it's the difference. It's the choice. Every rep that all of us have, it's the choice with the time that we have to bring it kind of full circle back all every day. And I mean, I, I think that's. I was my ceiling athletically was really low. So I, I maximized it, but my mentality in a body that actually had talent, you know, like that, that special talent. I mean, those are the dudes that you see. And then you were able to see that firsthand. And then with your story, you're right on the money. Like I don't, you don't survive without those intangibles and that mentality that you had.
0: No, and, and here's, you don't know, want you want to know the, the gift and the curse of it all is that the gift is that with it, you may be able to experience some success. The curse is it may not always work.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Right. Like, like the biggest thing about maximizing talent, going hard, doing the right things. that I not always equal, like that doesn't always give you the success that you might've wanted. Right. I would love to have a gold jacket. Nobody went, I don't believe there was anybody that went harder than I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is like a I'm we're friends, but I still hold a little bit of a grudge on this, right? It's like nobody went as hard as I did, nobody practiced as hard as I did, studied hard as I did, and then comes the situation and, and and you know this, uh, you know, I, I, I had this big game in San Francisco, right? And I'm thinking my time is coming. Well the next week it didn't. Mm. And another and another guy stepped in there, Lauron Robinson, and had uh, a halfway decent season, and went on and made thirty-two million dollars, $32 million dollar contract, sixteen million dollars guaranteed, in Jacksonville the next year, and played two games the rest of his career, right? And I'm like, wait a second. Mm. But here's here is the thing that I have. Would I love the fifteen million dollars guaranteed? One hundred percent. Let's not let's not act like I'm no. But I can I can lay my head down knowing. Yeah. That I, I matched it. I maxed it. And and did it give me the big million trillion dollar dream reward that I, you know that everybody wants? No. It didn't. But I experienced something that a lot of people can't say they experienced.
2: Right? And, and, I, and I, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Keep going.
0: And and that's just I, I can I, I like I'm content with that. Yeah. You know, and and then going to the faith part of it, I can look at it and say, God. Whatever talent you gave me, you know that I maxed it. Yeah. You know that I maxed it, God. And so, you know, when I get to the gates and I hear that good, good, you know, good, good job, you know, my good and faithful servant, I know that that that's not just my earthly works, but that's just Him taking my talent or the talent that He gave me and me maximizing it. And then that led to me to be able to do all the other things that I was supposed to do and that I am doing in life. But yeah, like, but I, I just, I couldn't live with myself had had I not done those things the way that I did it, even though it didn't result in the dream of the, you know, you're good friends with Tony, right? To, I don't, I don't have this catch a commercial. I don't, I don't, I'm not making $18 million a year to call football games. I don't, I don't get a chance to play at a Gusha national. I don't get a chance to have a big
1: <laughs> dreamy house
0: and that's okay. That's the maturity part of it is that was never for me to begin with. Yeah. That was for that player. That was but for that the player. but
2: the 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 intangibles, the the heart, the determination that you had did allow you to achieve the things that you have achieved.
0: And it will continue because right. you don't lose those things. The same right. things, the same things that you. This is why I love athletics so much. This is one of the main reasons why I love athletics so much. Football, basketball, it is because you learn things in sports. That carry you through every single section of your life. There's not one section of your life. There's not one section of your life that you can't break down into a sports-related thing and saying, "I was able to do this and do that, do that because of yep. the work ethic and the determination, the sacrifice, the, all the things that I learned in this small window of my life." Because athletics is a small window. Like mm. if, you, if you play 20 years in any sport, right? You still leave and you're 39. That's
1: right. Yeah. You
0: know, it's like wait, I'm 39 and I played 20 years. I'm 30 I'm 35 and I played 10 years. And I I I'm supposed to live till I'm 70. Yeah. 75, 80 you hope. So it's like that's a small window to achieve those things, but those characteristics, those, those those things that carry you through the rest of your life, you only can get those from places all right, like in the trenches. In in the in the adversity of a of a basketball game when you're down 15 and now you're working through scenarios. Or, or you failed, you had the shot, right? And you missed it. Or you had the shot and you made it. Or what was the next? like all those things, those things go into the next portion and stages of your life.
2: That's good. And I think ultimately, like when we're talking with our players, we need to harness that, that story or that kind of idea that you just shared, which is give your very, very best, but knowing that it's not going to, Guarantee you anything. But what you will get from that is no regret. Like as a parent, as a coach, uh, Stan Bonowitz um, down at Concordia, Texas, he, he has a, a term with his team. It says gas out. He wants all of his players to gas out, meaning whatever your ceiling is, you reach it so that when you put your head on your pillow, you have no regret because the pain of the discipline that it takes to go through some of those trials. Doesn't even compare to the pain of regret. Those dudes that are at the wreck, wishing they would have done more, given more time, making excuses for why things didn't happen. Forget all that. Gas out so that when it is done, you can say, there's just nothing else I could have done. That's a great feeling. It may not mean that you have the career because my pro career lasted six months in Iceland because I was an idiot in my, in my personal life you know, but it's not like what I, when I started when I was nine years old, that I think that's how it's going to end. But as far as basketball goes, man, no regret. And I think that's what we want for our players.
0: And now look at the position that you're in, you're in a position now where you're able to take those experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, and impart that wisdom onto the souls that you've been given from God. All right. And, and I always tell people this mock, I am I am a I am a I am a Jesus Christ believer okay make no mistake about it my pulpit is not the church that's not right. that's not my that's not my pulpit my pulpit what I'm able to pour into these young athletes is the court the field the diamond that's yours that's mine that's everyone listen to this that's our pulpit that that's our ability to say okay God here's what you have giving me I've maximized it in that portion of my life Here's the next stage of my life. How can I then take those lessons? And now, because it's still a talent. It's a talent to be able to transfer, to be a vessel. There is a talent to be a vessel, to take your life experiences, your wisdom, your knowledge that you're still continuing to grow, that God is still continuing to pour into you abundantly and to take that, harness it, be able to regurgitate it to these today's athletes that you're in charge of in a way that they can understand it. Mm -hmm. And then they, you hope. Right. I see your post. You'll say, man, this kid's going off and come back and he's what a great kid. That's the winning part of it. Yeah. That, that 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 makes Iceland six months in Iceland worth it. Right. Like th- that, that makes that this what I'm able to do now. Makes the 15 million dollars that LaRon Robinson got. A lot easier to swallow. Yeah, because let's be honest, if that's me, you and I are not talking. We're not talking. I'm. I'm. My. I, I That's have,
2: that's I, some honesty right there. That's. We,
0: we're not talking.
2: <laughs> I. You mean we weren't playing adult league against no, each other at Prestonwood? No. Wood? No. We're not. <laughs> no. Right.
0: I, I. I have my summer home. That's right. In, in the Bahamas. You know. I'm yeah. spending more time on the golf course. No. Yeah. We're, we're not. I'm not at Prestonwood. I'm yeah. not here. I'm gone.
2: Yeah, you're not so, going to watch a baseball game later on to support your athletes at KCA. You see, you see what I'm yep. saying? Like, no I'm, I'm, not,
0: I'm not. I'm not showing. I'm not showing my athletes that you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll drive a bus. If if we don't have a bus driver today, I'm gonna drive a bus to make sure that we get there. Mm. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna pick up the food. Yeah, I'll wash uniforms. I'm a I'm a former NFL player. I will yeah. wash uniforms. Yeah, right. But I want to show my young student athletes that. I'm not I, even at my older age, and everything that I've accomplished, it's still not beneath me to get a dust mop and hit the floor before a basketball game. Yeah, it's still not beneath me to. I mean, when we come and play, you guys, I, I drive the bus. I've drove. I've driven the bus to those games. Yeah. You know, I, I've picked up food. I've done those type of things. So it's it's all those things that we look at in our path. They are. They are. They. They are just fuel to help us we we no longer could do the things physically anymore right i can't jump as high i can't run as fast we we just we just can't so now it's our it's our job it is literally our job figuratively and spiritually our job to now take everything good bad or indifferent that we've gained over time and to pour it into someone else it's no different this is no different than making the right pass this is no different than making the right screen this is no different because, again, if you're doing it then, you'll do it now. Because what, what, what does you to have all the information and knowledge and then withhold it from the people that need it? Right. That makes you a bad teammate. Yeah. That makes you a bad teammate. Right? No, I, I am supposed to pour out now. This is my pouring out you know, season. Uh, I call it my you're welcome season. Right? And it's sometimes you have to just say you're welcome. Even when you don't get thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Because the abundance has already come, and it's coming. I had a chance to do it. You had a chance to be at Baylor. You had a chance to be around some great coaches. You had a chance to around to have some great friends. That's abundance, 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 abundance. Well, if it's just staying with you, that, you're eventually going to have that abundance shut off. Mm-hmm. The, the, the well will run dry. Yep. But if you're getting abundance, and now your abundance is being distributed to the people that you're supposed to be distributing it to, whether it be other coaches, other players, parents, whatever it is, the faucet stays full and it's on blast and the abundance continues to come because God is saying, Oh no, look at Matt. No Matt is taking his time to his time, talent and effort and imparting on other people in this stage of his life. What Mm -hmm. a good teammate he is. Mm -hmm. It makes the other stuff. It makes the other stuff. Just a lot easier, a lot easier to, 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 to deal with.
2: Coaches, the Jamoni podcast is powered by shoot 360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. I think when people listen to someone like you, They're wondering, like, what is it? Like, how does he, with with his success, you know, how does he feel the way that he feels and act this way? I think the secret is, it's a word that I think is looked at poorly, uh, but contentment. uh, Contentment does not mean lazy or not striving to continue to improve, but contentment means grateful. it's what Paul talked about. Apostle Paul said, "I've learned the secret of contentment. I'm I am happy when things are going great, but I'm also okay when things aren't going great. And that feeling of contentment is, I think it's what's really gnawing at a lot of people, whether they were high achievers early on in life or still waiting for that big break to to come. But they at some point, I'm 41, you're about, I think, a year younger than me. You're 40. Are you 40? Okay, yeah. like, you know, we just were in our 40s. And you know, at some point, you start to think, okay, like, have I already maxed out? Or is this really, like, is this really what my life, like, Grapevine Faith Christian School, is this really where I'm going to be for the rest of this time? Like, that starts to gnaw on you. And without contentment, you can start to feel resentment. And you can start to look and compare Comparison Mm. is the thief of all joy. Like, how come, why is he there? But if you're content with, and being faithful with where you are, then you get to have the attitude, which you talked about, which is just pouring out to other people and maximizing those relationships. I think you figured out the secret, man. And uh, just, you know, tip my hat to you because it's, that's a hard one to accept.
0: No, absolutely. it's, it goes all the way back to it's maturity. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's maturity. Um, and, and, and we've known like, like one of the gifts that we've had, we've been around a lot of spectacular people, right. A lot of rich people as well. And you and I both know that there's a lot of people who um, have a lot of stuff, money, cars, houses, they're miserable. And they are miserable. No doubt. Yeah. Like, I, I know people like this. That's the lie.
2: Them. That's the lie is that if, once you get there, then it'll be easy and I'll be no, 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 no. It, it doesn't work like that.
0: And here's the thing, unless there's a le- and I'll, I'll give you another brief story. Unless there's a level of maturity that sets into just you as a person. When I first, when I, when I, when I got back into the league with the Cowboys, right? Like you always think about, man, if I just get this amount of money, I'm good. Right. Like you always, if I just get this, I'm good. And it's, Unless you have that level of maturity and contentment, it's never good. And I remember, I remember like, like after like week two or three, I went to the bank and this is not like a, a, a like a, of uh, of we'll like kind of shout myself out. But I went to the bank and I said to myself, I want to
1: see what it feels like to hold $50,000. So I go to the bank and I take out $50,000 cash. And
0: I go home and I put it on the bed and I just lay on it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I thought like, man, I thought one day if I ever had 50K, like how I would feel. Uh And in that very moment, in that very moment, guess what happened? I wanted to know what 100K felt like. Wow. And I just knew that it would never stop. And that's the greed that we have in us that's just innately in us right and unless mm-hmm. you are able to get a level of maturity to kind of um harness that and 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 put a positive spin on it the money is never enough it's never you can never make enough money yeah. right yeah. because the more money to make the more things you'll try to buy the more the more the more you know so like money is never for me like it's 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 a part of what i have to do because it's it takes to live But the biggest thing is having a level of contentment and social media today has destroyed the the reality of what life really is. Mm. Because you have people who are able to come on and show you a 30 second clip, a two minute clip of what you think is real life. And behind the scenes, it's not. You and I both know because we've been around a lot of those people that show those clips or people want to be like on those clips. And I'm like, I know him. I know her. I've been around those circles. that ain't what you think it is and you you know you think if you get that you're going to be live this happy life i said i I know for a fact some of the people that turn that camera off kind of kill themselves Mm -hmm. it it ain't it ain't all what you think it is um and so having having that level of contentment and 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 again that's that's maturing that's being able to get to a point and go you know what if grapevine faith is it what if it is it yeah What what if kca is it for me that's it. There's you, you get no higher place Then I got to then, then I have to be okay of saying whatever my assignment was here. That's right. Gas out. Yeah. Coaches for that gas out, gas out, gas out. And, and, and at the end of it all, what I'm supposed to have, if I'm doing right, what I'm supposed to have, like the biggest thing for me is I would tell people, check God's track record. I've always been covered. Even, even in my, my Valley times. Even in my wilderness times, yeah, I still got manna. <laughs> right? Like, even if it, it, it wasn't the lamb, it was manna, but it was what I needed in that moment. It was what I needed in that moment. And sometimes manna is what you'll get because manna is what you'll need. Mm-hmm. Lamb will get, you'll get the sacrifice of the lamb when you get the sacrifice of the lamb. But be okay with the lamb, be okay with the manna, be okay in the valley, be okay at the mountaintop because at each of those places, I know that I'm good because I'm covered. So you got to just, I love that term. I'm, st- I'm stealing that. Tell coach, thank you. Uh, but yeah, gas out. Yeah. Gas out, man. And, and, and if God can truly see you trusting you with, with a little, he'll give you more. And that does not mean a bigger school. He'll just give you more opportunities to continue to do what you do. Right. And, th- and that at the end of the day, if you're in this business, that's what it should be all about.
2: We just uh we broke a record right there. I think we went almost 40 minutes on one question. Uh, that that's a record. And so uh, I want I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry.
2: No, it's so good. Like, it, I I mean, there's never a, there's never a pressure for me in doing this to like I have to get these things done. It's really the beauty I think behind just getting to kind of ask more of these on open-ended quite like see where it goes. Um, And so I love, but I do want to ask this one because you've already, I mean, Roy Williams and all those teammates that you have, coaches that you play for, like uh, you especially, you've been around a level of leadership with players and coaches and probably people in the business world that most will never get to be around. And so we can read books about them. We can watch videos, but to actually the day to day and really get to know who they are, like that's different. And so what are some qualities that you've seen in great leaders?
1: Um, Flexibility. Flexibility.
0: Um, One of my favorite coaches of all time, and people may not know him. You can look him up. His name is Joe Holiday. He's a longtime assistant of Roy Williams. Um, I, I, man, me, me, and Coach Holiday. I, I, I love Coach Holiday, man. That, that he was just a solid dude, man, all the way around. And, and Coach Holiday, would, would, would always tell me? He would always say, "Hey, um, be firm on your destination, be flexible on your journey. Be firm in the destination, be flexible on the journey." And again, when you're eighteen, 18, 19 years old, you're like, "Oh, man,
2: yeah." <laughs> But that was 20 years ago and you're quoting them right now.
0: Be firm in your destination, be flexible in your journey. And I think that's one of the greatest things is that as a leader, you have to understand that there should be a hard and pressed destination, right? Like there is a place that we're trying to get to. But in that, be okay with changing the direction. Be okay with the detours of it. Um, and even in those detours, don't miss an opportunity to pick up some things that may help you along the way, because that's what the, that's what the detours are for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of them, Two, I think um, don't be afraid to be wrong. People think as leaders that you have to always be right. And if I'm leading people, I, I can't show that I'm wrong and I can't show that, I, that that that. No, no, there's nothing about leadership that says perfection. They don't, that's not, that's not the definition. Right. It's not. So it's okay to be wrong. You know, uh, it's okay to tell your, the people that are under you, my bad, that's on me, that that's on me. And what it, what it, what it does is it gives you credibility with the people that you're trying to lead your followers, because if they could look at you and say, wow, what a, what a, what a person that, that is flexible in what we do, is okay with being wrong and admitting it, right? Don't be wrong and be stubborn, and like I no. Be wrong and, and be okay with being wrong in front of the people that that you're leading, and saying that's on me. Yeah, I, I I I I'll take this one. You know, that's that is on me. You'll get more people to follow you that way. And I think the 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 third thing would be consistency. Hmm. Like, be who you are all the time. Like, you can't. When you're leading a group, you can't be one way with some people and another way with this other people because now do you send out mixed signals.
2: Right. Right. Account, you can't, yeah, your credibility credibility will just leaders, leader, yeah. leaders
0: can't leaders can't be this in emotions, leaders can't be this in characteristics. You can't have this, right? Because now you, you throw the people off. Like you have to find a way to be as consistent as possible in your everyday person. They need to know this is what I'm getting every single day with Jesse. And it's a standard that's built, right? Like it's a standard that is built and, it's, and it's, it, it'll help you kind of – when you're building a team, you know the team that you want to build yep. and you know the athletes that you want to have. And so if you're consistent with that every single day, then you're going to get those that perform at that level that you need and those that aren't. And it's a very, very clear-cut picture who that is. And you know, okay, with these guys, I can go forward with these guys. I may do some more work with these guys, but in crunch time, I know what I got with these guys. Yeah, And I think as a leader, that, that's important to be that to your staff or to the people that are following you so that they know what the standard is because you consistently portray it every single day. It's just I think being consistent is is, is so key um, in, in leadership.
2: The Jamodi Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. I want to unpack those three because, okay, the third one, consistency, I think if 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 I was to ask a majority of people, I think that word would show up quite a bit in leadership. And, but the other two are the ones that I think are a little bit more shocking that like younger coaches or people that you know, like look up to these guys, that they watch on TV or, you know, you, you okay. For a lot of the eighties and nineties, every coach was trying to be like Bobby Knight, you know, that was the standard. So if that's the standard, uh, flexible and vulnerable was basically the second one. That's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't now maybe behind closed doors he was, but that's not what I would think he's known for. I think I love getting to ask you this question because of all the words that you could have said, you know, flexible, like it, as a leader, being able to having that unruffle ability like ted lasso type where it doesn't matter really what comes at you guys we can handle this right like that that is such a valuable tool and then the vulnerability you're right on the money i think early on and as a younger coach it was i gotta show strength in front of my guys they need to know that i know every answer and that but that's not the truth and that i never make mistakes i think when you get to that point where you are flexible, you give up on the things that, like how many things do we get really get bent out of shape about that don't matter, that don't really lead to winning? Like what color socks they wear, what type of shoes they wear. But golly, when you're younger, it's, those are the things you stress about. So maybe with, going back to that word you keep using is maturity. With mm-hmm. maturity comes flexibility. And then letting guys know that hey, enthusiasm is important in our program. But there was one day this year where I was with my family, I was having a hard day and I came in and I let them know, guys, listen, I I usually like to really bring the enthusiasm with you, but I need help today. And it was one of the best practices we had because my players just saw maybe a little bit of a different side. But then. Consistency brings it all together because. It, you and I both know it's difficult to play with or to play for guys that you don't know who you're getting every day. Right. It's and, difficult.
0: And the, your story, the consistent part was you showed up. You showed up every single day, right? And so in that moment of vulnerability, they're like he could have not been here today, right? Like the, and if, the, if you're a coach that comes in and comes out, comes in and comes out, you know, your, your team becomes that. But consistently you showed up every single day and so the guy's like, oh, we got you. We got we, we got you. And that's the thing about, you know, leadership is that when you show up every single day and you create that culture that 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 the guys will have you. Um, and I go back to like the flexibility you know point, And even in coaching, even in even in administration.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, I, I remember a game. I remember a game. We're, we're in the NCAA um, tournament. We're playing uh, Villanova. And if you go back and look at it, Villanova we're on the ropes this is this is alan ray this is kyle larry this is randy foy i mean this is young j Wright, and we're on this is this was like the first iteration of four out one in
1: okay right? yeah
0: four, four guards and they had like a six seven six eight big men and we're on the ropes we're up in syracuse new york and we're on the ropes okay so if you're a villanova fan you say that they didn't travel at the end of the game. If you're a Carolina <laughs> fan, you said that was a travel at the end of the game. However, we win the game. But we're on the ropes. Yeah. That we, we, we This whole thing of four guards, nobody kind of had figured out yet. Jay Wright had going on. Like, now it's a thing. But we're on the ropes. And we're in a timeout. And, I mean, the crowd is is in it. It's hostile. The game is tight. It's the NCAA tournament. We're the number one overall seed. And Coach gets in the huddle. Right. This is Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams. And he gets in the huddle and he says, hey, okay, listen, we're about to run a play for Rashad McCants. Rashad McCants, one of the best players in the country. And he's like, and Jawad Williams stops him in the middle of
1: the huddle. And he goes, no. We're going to Sean. Now. Coach Williams could have said, shut up. Yeah.
0: What did you just say? (laughs) I am. I am. I am. Roy E. Williams. Yeah. I had over 400 victories. <laughs> I've been to this many Final Four, da, da 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 da. But in that moment, he was flexible as a leader and said, Jawad said, who at the time is a senior on your football basketball team. Yeah. He, he literally puts his hand on top of the clipboard, on, on, the, on, the, on, the white, on the whiteboard, and he goes, No, we're not going. We're going to Sean. And coach looks up, he looks around, and he says, Let's go, big fella. We're going in to Sean. And it was in that moment that it helped galvanize the group. We go into Sean. Sean gets a bucket. It's actually the the go ahead bucket that we need. They go down and try to score. They travel, not travel, however you want to call it. We end up winning the game. But a coach in that moment could have been like, "What, what do you know? Yeah. What do you know, player? I'm I'm Roy Williams. We're we're going to this play to Rashad McCants." But it was in that moment that he said, "No, I'm flexible enough, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm not too into myself." To listen to a player who's been on the floor all night long, has been in the game, has seen the game from the floor.
2: Yeah, and goes, it's, it's different. Yep.
0: Right. And go, no, we're going to. And Jawag goes, no, we're going to Sean. And he goes, We're going to Sean. And it worked. You know, so like having that ability, the flexibility as a leader and, and, and as an
1: administrator to go, hey coach, hey, you know, hey, A D, that may not be the best route. Okay. Let's let's look at this. Give it to me. Give give me your,
0: give me your thoughts about this and truly listen. That makes your team, whether it's players or whether it's leading other people, that makes them feel a part of it. It makes them feel like, wow, I'm, this isn't, I'm just not working for him. I'm actually working with him. Yep. And that you get the most out of people that way, I believe.
2: And see, I think, I mean, we've watched those clips of like Popovich allowing Tony Parker to basically take over a timeout of his Right. And 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 I hear that story. And I think there's a lot of high school coaches that instantly will think, well, of course, like at the NBA level or I mean, those are all Americans. Like I'd listen to them, too. But my high school kids, no way. I agree. There is a different level of experience, everything. But the principle is still correct, which is have a culture that is healthy enough to where even your high school players believe that they can give a suggestion and you might not always accept it you might not always take it it might not be in that moment automatic let's do that but you're going to think about it you're actually going to consider it it's not just lip service of hey guys listen i want you to tell me things but then they deep down know you don't really right. want it because kids are smart and they can see through those things so i think like to me That, like, it is a flexibility thing, but it's also a team culture dynamic of do they feel like they truly have a voice? And, and again, I go back to as a younger coach, it was definitely my way or the highway. Don't you dare question, and I don't want to hear your thoughts and feelings. And that's for
0: players and assistants. Like, your assistants, they feel that, too. And so sometimes they're like, I ain't saying nothing Then, Like, you know, you you got it, bro. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. So I can sit back and tell you why I told you so later, but. Like again, that that that's a part of the leadership when you can when you can turn and go, you know, hey, what do you think about this right here? And and that guy goes, or that, or that girl goes, you know, hey coach, listen, I think you should go to, you know. That's what I loved about Coach Holiday, because, you know, Roy gets all the credit, but if you watch Roy over the years, he did a lot of turning to Joe Holiday and go, mm. hey, what do you what do you think? What do you think, Holiday? What do you think? He's like, hey, I think you should go to so-and-so and so and so. And he was like, okay and sub and if it was just for a minute or or, you know it it was it was having that like having those assistants on your side to to not only just to be there to do the practice work and to the film work but in the in the in the moment right can i look to one of them and value their opinion yeah and use it and again whether it fails or whether it succeeds they're going to feel better that you actually listen to them and you know, at the end of the day, we have the term like, you know, I want guys that's going to run through the wall for me because I'm going to run through the wall for them. Hmm. But if, if, if there's doubt, then that, that brick wall, they won't run through. They'll get to it and go, oh, but they believe you. They truly believe. Going it, through it.
2: You just said it. OK, it's, it's so cool. that You just said believe, because if you don't mind, I'd love to give maybe one quality that I've seen Uh, in great leaders i typically don't i just like to listen to the to whoever i'm talking to i don't give a lot of input and but i like to and i like to tell a story with it so is is that okay yes okay uh and the reason i'm going to tell the story is because it's you've mentioned his name uh i i I rarely bring up the fact that i in any way know tony romo I, i i just i don't do that i don't name drop i don't do this and that and and I know him very differently than you did. I mean, golly, playing with him, things I played with him in an adult in adult league for basketball for a couple of years, and was able to build a friendship. And one quality that I see in great leaders is belief. And you, you just said it like they have this belief or ability to believe that anything anything can happen. They can always find the answer. We can always as a team make it work. And in the worst possible moments, it's not just like a pie in the sky, wishful thinking it's real. And they've, they're able to take that belief, but then also create steps that they need to, to get there. And, and, and I think those are the type of dudes again, also that you run through the brick wall for. So here's my, here's my one Tony Romo story. And, and I'm only telling it again, because we both know him, but you brought him up and you mentioned that I know him. So you did this, yeah. but uh, no,
0: when you tell your story, I, I have a story for okay. belief as well. So go ahead. Go okay. Tell your
2: so story. it was, it was, we were both very, we're the same age and we were in similar times where uh single or he, you know, he was dating, but definitely wasn't married yet. We didn't have families and all this stuff. So uh, very much like, kind of an entourage type of like we have our, he has his boys and and just from playing with them and stuff and, you know, not being a horrible person, I think he, he kind of brought me into that circle. And so, uh, he's going to play in Tahoe at this celebrity, you know, golf tournament. And he brings me Nick Sakaris, like that, you know, also, and him and Nick were high school buddies. So that's actually how I got into the whole group and with Nick and cause Nick coaches. And, but anyway, he, he, man, he invites me to go. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So the first day I've never been to this tournament with him and and he doesn't play well. And he's a super competitive guy. Doesn't play well. Well, I'm going back to, to the, you know, to our little house that's right on the lake that we're staying at. And all the other guys are where they're kind of bummed. Cause they're like, man, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna get to do anything. Yeah. Like he's going to be pissed and we're just going to have to stay here and we're not going to. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, he, he bursts into the door after playing and he's a good golfer after playing a horrible round, like that day. And he goes, guys, don't worry. I've got to figured out. All I gotta do is this, this, I got an eagle here, this, this, and this, and I'll be right back in this thing. And it wasn't like you could think at one point, like he's just joking. Like he's actually really mad, but he's just pretend. It, it, it was hundred percent real. Yeah. He on the on that walk from that last shot, seeing where he's at, that walker drive back to the, our house, he had figured it out. And we went and had an awesome time that, that night. And, and it was like, but the belief, like I had really never seen that level of athlete. Cause I mean, again, my career ended in, in Yardvik, Iceland. And so, I, yeah, but like that level of, but he, it wasn't fake. He truly believed it, but he had the steps and the plans. And you know what the crazy thing is like came super close the next day to achieving that, like played really well. There's what separates some coaches from others, what some teams, some leaders is a belief that they can figure it out. So that's my story. And, no, uh, I,
0: and and one on the same similar thing, you know, my play in San Francisco, like when you watch the clip, you see this moment of Tony and I having we're sharing a conversation on the sideline. Right. You see his hands on my shoulder and he's saying something to me. And People always ask me, what was he saying to you? And I always jokingly say, well, he was giving me his Chipotle order for the play, right? <laughs> because I truly don't know what he was saying. And the reason being is every time he opened his mouth, I kept telling him, Tony, I'm ready. Tony, I'm ready. Tony, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because then remember, no, Des Bryant played that game. Miles Austin gets hurt. We're in overtime, punctured lung, broken ribs. He's like the, the belief, right? And I'm like If he can walk back out to the locker room and play again, then we can go win this football game. Yeah, and, I, and I'm telling him the whole time, Tony, I'm ready. He's like trying to tell me whatever he's trying to tell me. I'm like, Tony, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've studied. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And we go and we win this game, right? And I have the 77-yard play and we win this game. And that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, but we get back on the plane. Now, on our planes, you know, with Charter, the, the vets kind of always sat in the back. They had the table in the middle and Tony always kind of sat in the back. And, I mean, he's in the back and he's like, he's hurt. He's hurt. And so I go to the back to get something and I walk by him and um, I just, I just tap him because in that huddle, he changed the play. The play that we won the game with was not the play that he got from coach Garrett. It wasn't, he completely changed the play. The play that he actually called was a specific play that only miles or Austin ran. It was a special play that was put in only for miles Austin, And he called it for me to win a game and we won the game and I tapped him and I said I looked at him and I said why did why did you change the play like why did you change the play and he gave me that kind of that side Tony Romo smile with the dimple and he said you told me you were ready and he put his headphones back on and he went back to a slumber and I kept walking right like
1: like I got chills man like that that's and he yeah, said you that- told me you He told me you were ready I believe that you were ready. Yeah. You believe, you believe that you were ready. Yeah.
0: Right now I drop it. I never get another <laughs> chance again, <Right? laughs> but and people even ask like, you never thought about dropping it? No, it was never, it was never a thought. Now I didn't think about getting run out of the one yard line, but it was never, it was never a thought process of dropping it. But in that moment, I was telling Tony, I'm ready. I am ready for this moment. And as a leader, he believed in that so much. So, that he put his kind of, I'm not saying his career, but a portion of his career. Because he he throws that play to me and I drop it and we lose the game. They go, Tony Romo, why would you trust a guy off a reality TV show to win a football game in overtime when you have a Hall of Fame tight end and Jason Witten out there? Why, did, why not go to Jason? Right? That's what they say. And they say, there's Tony Romo again, fumbled another game, throw the ball to this guy who was on a reality TV show a year ago. What a loser. Yeah. But in that moment the leader that he was, he said, I watch you every day at practice. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see when I walk out of the, of the meeting room at 8 o'clock that you're still around and you're breaking down film. I see how you practice every single day. So in that moment, in that crunch time moment when everything is on the line against a good football team, on the road, my lungs are punctured, my ribs are broken,
1: and we have to win a football game. You told me you were ready. Let's find out. That's the belief of a leader.
0: That's a guy now when he goes, Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, you you run in there, I'm gonna throw it. I'm running through the wall. Right? Like that's how that stuff happens. That that's that's leadership and in, in 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 a form right there that you, you want you want to be able to look at your guys and you know look to a coach or look to a player and go, shoot it. That's right. Shoot it. And he shoots but, it. With but the level you, of there's a
2: golden there's a golden nugget that you said that i I don't want to just you know let let go by, which is his belief and the level of, that he had in you is because he had watched you every day, mm-hmm. like like that your belief that you could catch that wasn't insanity. So we're talking about confidence here. Your confidence wasn't insanity. Your confidence came from the preparation. Yes, the problem that we have with with players and maybe even some coaches or in any profession is confidence. That really doesn't have uh, uh, any backing to it. It'd be like me saying I'm confident in flying a plane right now. <laughs> I, why? Why? Like, why do I have the right to be confident in that? I've never done lessons. I've never done anything. If I actually was to get behind, like we're we're dead. Mm-hmm. But some some players play like that. Uh, and, and, but I think that nugget that you gave of because of how you it's full circle, man. Back to the very beginning of our talk. The the way that you showed up every day. The effort that you gave, that confidence that you had in yourself allowed that leader to believe that you were ready when you said you were. There's no doubt in his mind because he saw it. I, I just think those two things are hand in hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Go hand in hand. I agree. I agree one hundred percent.
2: I'm gonna ask the question. You feel free to nah, let's not let's not do that. And 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 because it's not even it's not anything I would normally ask, but your, uh, your unique situation, you mentioned his name. We're talking about leaders and everything. And I live in Dallas, Fort Worth. Golly, I'm a Cowboys fan. Jason Garrett. Like, I, I, I appreciate him. Like, I, I appreciated the fact that he was, pro- like, as, as coaches, we talk about process. This we're gonna trust the process. We're gonna we're not gonna deviate. We've got these three things that we're gonna focus on, and you know, like I mean, the way. But I know it annoyed people. You know, like the way you would dodge questions or not really answer. you would go back to process. You played for them like those the flexible, vulnerable consistency. Was that your experience with him uh, behind the scenes?
1: No.
0: Um, and, and here's a, here's an important thing that people have to realize too, especially when you're judging coaches and athletes and stuff like that. Like
1: I, for one, I can separate the man from the coach Hmm. because, um, there are some things
0: and this is, especially when you get to the professional level that that you're going to have philosophical differences and beliefs of how you should go about certain things but that doesn't change the man that you are, right? Because we can disagree on X's and O's. And I think a lot of people from our standpoint disagreed X's and O's. Um, but I do think as a man, he was a good man. Like that's the part that I'm able, like I tell people like I, I, had, my, I had my philosophical differences, my schematic differences with him as a coach um, and, and the things that we've done or did during that time. But I can also say, that's a good dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. as a as a man, he's a good dude. And there's there's a level of something that we talked about in there, and, and and that's the difference. And I think that happens more when you get to the pro level because there's a there's a there's a greater emphasis on those things. Like, I know what I'm looking at when I'm watching film as an NFL player, right? Most guys do. When you see tendencies and things, you're like, hey, yeah, you're. This is the part you got to be flexible. Like, you have to. And and this is, this is why this is so important. This is why this is so important for leaders, because you can get, you can get honored and you can get stubborn in your way.
2: Yeah. And yeah. your
0: way at times, because especially when you get to that level, it's, it, it, it may have worked to a certain point, but there has to be a level of flexibility in your way.
2: That's the issue with systems. Like, like, even as a high school coach or a college coach, there are guys out there and I, 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 we are known for shooting threes at great Vine faith and we are known for playing fast. But if that's, if you start to believe that that system is you and you, because you're known for this, you can't deviate from that. Right. That's where you get into some trouble.
0: Yeah. And, and, and again, you may have some moments where you have success in it, but the great ones, the really, really, really great ones have the ability to have a fundamental foundation of what their what their goals are but again that's what I said earlier be firm in your destination yeah be flexible in your journey because hey. every every team every coach every player is going to present a different level of whatever that thing is that goes into it schematically so you can still have some of your fundamental beliefs but you got to be flexible in that because you're dealing with a new you're dealing with a different level of player and 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 everything, scenario, situations, opponents every single year. And if you just keep that, it 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 it, it rubs those guys the wrong way. That's been there for a while, and being like, "Hey, let's 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 try something
2: different." I think that's a good nugget. And again, not and I appreciate the fact that she didn't. I, there wasn't any. I don't know enough about football to really be like have that be that opinionated on those things. Mm-hmm. But I do. I, at this point, like I do enjoy learning about coaches and there is a large part of what he presented that I did appreciate just from the coaching standpoint of yeah. how you present yourself in the media, how you answer questions. But then you always wonder, is that and I love I love the way that you said that, because I feel like, you know, who else struggles with separating the man from the coaching parents mm. they, they that's what I thought of when he said that I was like golly that's what our parents do mm. they 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 will they will because they disagree with philosophy or something they see or how we're treating little Johnny with playing time they completely throw away the maybe the integrity or the intent or all of the other things that we're doing to build the character up so it's a great great reminder as coaches not to get too stubborn to stay flexible vulnerable consistent um, but then just to remember that you're just not going to please everybody either. Like it's no. impossible.
0: That, that, that might be like, should be line one in leadership. If you think <laughs> that you're going to, if you think you're going to please, you, you, want, you want to find the fastest way to oh. go crazy. You want to find the fastest way to go crazy. That's line one. Yeah. Think, think that you're going to please everybody. It's not happening.
2: I hey, I I was listening to Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast today. And and I don't I don't say that like I always do that. It was literally just today. And I was re- taking some notes because he was doing habits of leaders. This was part one. And he had this nugget: if you aren't hurting, you aren't leading. Mm. Like that, if you're you're gonna get hurt in this mm. business of leadership. You're gonna have people that you care about that for whatever reason, don't reciprocate that. And 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 if you are out there to just please everybody, mm. before I let you go, because uh, I know you need to get off this uh, quick speed round to get to know you even better. These are short questions. First All thing that right. pops in your head, blurt it out.
0: Yeah, we got like five, I got, I got a 6 oh. p.m. baseball game. Oh, it'll We're take
2: done. less. Oh, it's okay. quick. All right, here we go. Favorite ice cream flavor.
1: Ooh. Cookie dough. Greatest shooter of all time, Steph Curry. Texting or talking? Texting.
2: Greatest basketball movie of all time,
1: Above the
0: Rim.
2: Good one. That's 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 one of my favorites. Um, uh, <laughs> for high school. <laughs> He's playing ball without a ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always wondered, like, would that actually help you to get – I don't know. Uh, for high school, shot clock or no shot clock?
0: Shot clock, golly. Please. Thank you. For Thank heaven's you. above, put a shot clock in high school basketball. I agree. God, please.
2: In Texas, because it's in 13 yeah. other states. Yeah. And we've Texas, got great please. We've got great basketball here. Let's, let's speed let's this
0: go. thing up. Let's speed, speed uh, this games up. You know, uh, not, not, you. Not, not this game, but the game itself. That's
2: yeah. right. Uh, favorite holiday.
0: Christmas I'm a giver.
2: What book would you give someone the Bible mm, there you go uh favorite place to travel
1: An island oh like, yeah, I love islands i love yep. I love water warm warm water and warm sun
2: last yeah. one in basketball who's the goat Michael Jordan <laughs> hey so no brainer. man, I'll just tell you so much like this was so enjoyable. I love the fact that. I we really only hit two. But but you know what the crazy thing is, we hit a ton of different areas of leadership and habits and culture. Love getting to learn more about your story. And I've always appreciated your friendship. And anytime I get to see you, man, talk about consistency. I think you live that out better than almost anybody I know.
0: Thank you, man. And that and that right there is one of the biggest compliments that you can ever give me. Um uh, because that's who I am. Like there is no there is no hidden agenda, right? There is no Man, well when I seen him here, he was this. When I no, I am I am who I am every single day. That's the character that's within me. That that that's when 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 you know like when you're when you're making tea, right, when the water begins to boil, what happens when you put you in that? Like do you change the entire environment? Like that's what I wanna be. I, I wanna be consistent across the board, even when things get hot. I want my i want my consistency of who i am every single day to people to know man that's jesse that, and, and that and the thing about that is it's good that no one can ever you can't you can't down front you can't downplay who i am because whether they meet matt whether they meet tony whether they meet tom dick or harry they're gonna be like, oh jesse was in no, no, no. people are gonna go ain't the same jesse holly that i know and if more people are saying the opposite of what you're saying then that person becomes a liar so yeah. if if you're that across the board, then people can't say, yeah, that's right. He is that. I saw him over here. No. Nah. Across the board.
2: That's good, man. I appreciate your time. This is awesome. We got to do this
0: again, man. We got, yeah. We'll go part
2: two. Yes. We'll go part two. Yes. We'll get into yes. some more culture, yes. all yes. these things and uh, confidence too. I think you can help a lot with that, but this was great, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, brother, man. God bless you, man. Continue to sow into those uh, to those seeds that you've been given, man, and, and grow and grow great leaders.
2: Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamodi podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.